Tenkop. The only common denominator is authenticity and living in your meaningful purpose. Come and read our new ebook, plus see our discovery store and what wonderful tools we have for you. Do enjoy our shows and don't forget to share. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Eco Solutions. I am your host. <laughs> I'm not the guest, I'm the host, Sarah Troy. My guest is Tony Okamoto. We're going to be talking about plant food recipes. You know that vegan food. I know you're running from the door already, vegan. But, you know, I think the more you get to know about it, the more you get to know about the recipes, the more you'll actually understand how absolutely yummy it is. Maybe you're not ready to go completely vegan yet, but by just replacing maybe a dish, a side dish, a vegetable dish, um, and integrated or even going vegan for two or three days of the week, it all helps. It all has a massive e um, impact on our ecosystem, on our own health, and on just the well-being of humans and this planet. But let us um, look at what we can do about it. So Tony has this wonderful, not only um, super easy vegan slow cooker cookbook and other books as well that she's co-written, but she also has this YouTube uh, videos where she actually shows you how to prepare some of these foods. Plus she has a blog and she's um, been around for quite a while. So a lot of people are really, you know, adapting to her. The video I put up, which I found rather intriguing because it's a common one. It's five vegan egg replacements for baking. And uh, I can't do that because I love muffins to make or I love cakes or I love this. There are replacements. And I promise you they're yummy. They truly are. So it's just a question of our set of mindset that we need to kind of change. And we do that when we realize how easy it is to create some of these dishes, how delicious they are, and then how good you feel on them. So let's uh, introduce, uh, bring Tony on, and let's find out how this started for her. And um, what are some of the easy, wonderful recipes that we can adapt and adopt to in our own lives? Welcome to the show, Tony. Hi, thanks for having me. My pleasure, my pleasure. Now, you know, I notice a, a lot of reference nowadays is going to plant food recipes rather than vegan because vegan has got a little bit of a bad rap, hasn't it? Yeah, I was actually on a panel uh, in Oakland for Oakland Veg Week this past week, and one of the questions was, uh, what, do you, what language do you use to your audience? And there were four panelists, and all of us were talking about our work on social media and how we talk to our, our audiences and everyone had a different a different opinion and something that worked differently for our audiences and my personal opinion is that I like plant-based because it is it has less of the negative connotation that veganism tends to have I think when people think of vegan they think of perhaps a more militant styled yeah. person who was like vegan you have to be vegan for the animals uh, but I feel like plant-based on a budget is the first stop on a line and a lot of people who come to plant-based on a budget are not yet vegetarian or vegan they're just looking to eat some healthier options and introduce healthier recipes to their families and to save money and so I want to make it as welcoming as possible and um just show them that plant-based food is delicious and nutritious and inexpensive and you don't have to change everything you're doing. You can still eat familiar foods that uh, your family will love. Yeah, and if you look at history, um, you know, most nations on this planet, you know, uh, relied on plant-based food and uh, is seasonal food. And then, you know, what they did with that food is, you know, they, they canned it or they dried it for, to see them the winter months, um, and then during the winter, you know, eat whatever they can then. Meat wasn't a predominant thing. You know, the, the, the legumes, uh, the berries, um, in the, the root vegetables, um, you know, all the seeds and everything, they were kind of the foods that really, that everybody grew and uh, sustained on. Yeah, definitely. I know that, um, my family, we grew a lot of our own food because it was the cheaper option. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, while being omnivores, were just thriving on mostly plants because that was the affordable option and that's how they grew up. 
Yes, and of course, you know, when you look at the biggest beasts in the world, you know, um, mm. you know, elephants and hippopotamuses and things like that, they, they, you know, they don't eat each other. You know, they purely eat, you know, the kind of the grass and whatever else they can. And it's like, just look at how big they are and how yeah. muscular and fast and everything else they are. It's this, a lot of people think that, oh, if I'm living on a lettuce leaf, I'll go dumb. That's not the case, is it? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's this really funny meme online that I think maybe PETA made. And it's a big, giant ape. And it was it was like something like, what? Uh, where do you get your protein from? Which I thought was funny because I think a lot of people have a misconception that you're unhealthy on a plant-based diet. But as you mentioned, some of the most, the strongest, uh, biggest animals are mostly vegan. Yeah, exactly. And of course, you know, the vegans got the bad rap because for a while there you had the fanatics and it was in your face. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, damning you, condemning you, judging you, and everything else, and throwing you know, paint on you. Exactly, you know. <laughs> and uh, you know, it's uh, I understand where they're coming from, but do you know that that is not terribly inviting? You know, I would say if you want to invite someone to see something different, you've got to inspire them. And so, the best way to inspire them, truly and honestly, is actually by showing them how easy it is to prepare a plant-based or vegan type dish and exactly how yummy it is. Yes, I um, I am a big swing dancer, so I do Lindy Hop, and a lot of Lindy Hoppers are not vegetarians, and so many of my friends, my closest friends, um, with whom I hang the most, I, I are not vegetarians or vegans, but because they know me and they love me, and we're very dear friends, we eat mostly vegetarian all the time. They always accommodate me at events. There's a vegan option, and when deciding as a group where to eat, they make sure that it's um, going to be able to accommodate me, which I appreciate. And it could a lot of people, too, when you, when you speak to them, uh, or you say, you know, um, I'm vegan or I'm vegetarian, you know, what I've noticed is still a lot of restaurants, especially chains, you say I'm vegetarian. Well, it's either the vegetarian patty, which is probably made with some sort of eggs and things like that, which I recently discovered, um, or it's salad. Mm-hmm. And who wants to pay 16 bucks for a salad? You know, it's, um, <laughs> it's, I think we're really getting to the times now that restaurants need to kind of step up and become more creative. Um, my son's about to open up his own deli cafe. And because his girlfriend is vegetarian, his sister... Um, is vegan you know he's explored these other options and they themselves he himself you know, he's not there yet but they eat probably vegetarian or vegan five times a week you know and it's uh, it's he's discovering some of the wonderful dishes and he did a shepherd's pie the other day that was better than shepherd's pie and I'm British and I bought them up on shepherd's pie but it was so much <laughs> more flavorable and using kind of chunky mushrooms for that meaty texture you know, um, oh, it, interesting. it was so absolutely delicious. And I was uh, over at my daughter's for Mother's Day and she did this most divine lasagna where she used um, tofu as, um, you know, kind of like a cheesy base. And I was blown away by it. So this misconception that plant-based foods or vegan food is, is boring or dull or anything else is far from it, is it? Isn't it? Right. That is that is definitely true. When I first started plant-based on a budget, I originally created the website for my family and they were struggling with all these different types of health issues. And I wanted to take our family recipes, recipes that they love and show them that they didn't have to be filled with cheese and meat and uh, foods that were high in cholesterol and would just worsen their health conditions. And so I took our recipes that we grew up with and I made them healthier by making them plant-based and to me and to most of my family, uh, they taste similar enough to not notice a, the big difference. Right. Well, but I think if it you, gain, you better, gain so much. Yeah, you do. Absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, when you put all those particular vegetables and, and you know, spices, it's just a question of learning how to do something different um, and exploring. I mean, we become so fixated on what we like. 
you know, oh, I won't like that, or that doesn't sound good. Well, how about just giving it a try? And it's not, you know, putting a tiny teaspoon in your mouth and going, no, no, couldn't stand that. It, you know, your taste buds are used to one thing. So when you're going to introduce something else to it, obviously the mind's going to go into, this is a foreign taste, you know, and it's going to want to know what it is first and identify it first. So you really need to kind of give it a chance, like eat the whole dish. And uh, and then you'll actually kind of, it will grow on you. So we have to be willing to be a little bit more of explorers with food, don't we? I agree. When I first became a vegetarian, I I thought, that I would be giving up so much. I thought, I, I, I'm going to limit myself by becoming a vegetarian or a vegan. But instead, I went from eating, I grew up with um, like Mexican food, Italian food, Chinese food, American food. Mm-hmm. And out of, out of those cuisines, I didn't really try that much. I, I mostly ate... Um, standard American diet outside of the home and Mexican food inside of the home. But after those things, I didn't explore much. And then becoming vegetarian, instead of limiting myself, I felt like it opened so many doors because I was more eager to try vegetarian foods like Ethiopian food mm-hmm. or um, more Indian dishes or many Vietnamese dishes that I had never tried because I was so comfortable eating the same thing over and over. Yeah, which, uh, you know, boring, folks, boring. Just think of what you're denying yourself. Um, you know, I actually have, I guess, Daniel Basson, who's uh, became vegan due to her health, and uh, she's, you know, written several cookbooks. She now actually has a blog where she says recipes, and she's actually just done a whole thing on Ethiopian food. And, you know, when you look at countries like Ethiopia and many other countries, uh, meat is, you know, um, not such an abundance at all. So they rely on a great deal of um, of different things like, you know, I, I don't know if they're the chickpeas or whatever, but it's they have so many different type of things where they get creative and put together that, um, you know, that it creates such incredible dishes. Of course, that's where the spices come in too, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes, I cook a lot with different spices. I purchase them in bulk, uh, which is something I recommend people do if they if they have that opportunity to save a lot of money. But it also gives you a, an opportunity to explore spices, so you don't have to purchase the five dollar container. You can just get like a tablespoon and play with it to find out if you like it, because mm-hmm. it definitely changes. You can make the same. Um, we'll say a soup. You can make a vegetable soup. And what I recommend people doing is make the base and then every day take take a little bit of that soup, put it on the stove, and add a different flavor to it. So use different spices so that you're not tired of the same old soup. Yeah. And adding different ingredients and fancifying it up. Um, again, that's we've become very much, you know, fast food, junk food type people. And you know, I think that um, it's really important that we get back to the kitchen and start preparing our I, food again, um, especially inviting the family to do it with us, right? Absolutely. I learned to cook uh, when I was in uh, college. I was in a vegetarian club at school, <clears throat> and I became vegan through that college, and we did it all together, probably about five or six of us, uh, hosting these weekly dinners we would we would host a weekly dinner and every every um every week we would cook something completely new and everybody would bring different ingredients for that recipe and so you would get a full meal and you would only be spending a few dollars and you were learning how to cook and it brought this sense of community and it Mm. made veganism seem less overwhelming right because you were doing it with your friends and exploring, you know, it's, I mean, I love what we call a potluck, you know, everybody kind of brings a different dish. Not only is it kind of more friendly for somebody hosting a party instead of them having to cook everything themselves, but, you know, you've got that wonderful buffet of different, you know, foods to explore, which makes it really, really exciting. And it's a great way to introduce yourself to other dishes that somebody else has prepared for you because they can also tell you what's in it and be even great if you swapped recipes with each one, right? 
Mm-hmm. Definitely. I love potlucks. I especially um, love Thanksgiving potlucks because I think Thanksgiving is something I, – I hang out with my family for Thanksgiving, but I know a lot of people feel uncomfortable hanging out with their families if they are vegan because usually there's nothing that you can eat and usually centered around um, dead animals. So if if you have vegetarian friends or vegan friends, having a, a vegan Thanksgiving potluck is something I recommend as something that I do every year so that you get to eat all of the foods that you grew up with and that you love. And of course, you know, there's faux turkey and things like this. Um, there is um, here in, in Vancouver, um, BC, Canada, there are several Chinese restaurants where they're all completely vegan, but they create such incredible dishes, you know, foods that even taste like meat. Um, you know, you a beautiful fish that they've used made out of taro root, um, and they've managed to capture the textures and even, you know, the flavors um, of of the the real thing. And it's such artistry that they're putting into that. It's quite amazing. And again, it's that creativity is... I think the more you explore, you know, just try a few dishes, start exploring. What if I added this? What if I took away that? What if I did that? You know, you, you actually begin realize that you are a, a creator yourself. Um, and it, it becomes exciting to explore, doesn't it? Yeah, I was, uh, when I was writing my, my book, uh, I was writing about how, to me, food is art. It is my creative outlet. I'm able to go in the kitchen and take these basic ingredients and create something beautiful that I can share with people. Yeah. So, yeah, I definitely recommend I recommend using recipes to learn how to cook, but as you become more comfortable, throwing in what you have, throwing in different spices, um, and really tailoring your, your food to your palate. Yeah. Well, your book is on slow cooking, which I love. I'm a slow cooker uh, person, most certainly casseroles and slow cooker. And, you know, I think especially kind of in the winter, you know, I throw in all the root vegetables and I throw in the, you know, kind of with the lentils and the kidney beans and, you know, just about everything else in there. And, you know, with some sort of stock, maybe tomato, um, a few spices and, and let all those flavors cook together. And it's kind of... It's the soup that you can eat with a fork as well as a spoon. <laughs> yes. And it's, you know, it's en- enriching and chunky and, and, um, and really, really yummy. And, uh, you could have it with some, you know, vegan bread, um, if you wanted to, or you could add, you know, some noodles in there. You've got potatoes and everything, everything. But it's also so filling. You know, I find a bowl of that is so satisfying. You've got all those wonderful flavors dancing together and it's really, really filling. And, um, you know, I mean, I, I love slow cooking, but, you know, I have to admit, I kind of, I'm a few notes and I need to expand <laughs> some recipes. <laughs> and this is why, you know, your cookbook, Slow Cooker, you know, is, um, it, you know, it's, it's a great way of actually sharing to people. I mean, just imagine you could prepare it at night, put it in your slow cooker, and then put it on in the morning, go to work and come back and there's your food. Delicious and yummy yep. and ready to eat. Yes, exactly. You're selling my book for me. Thank you. <laughs> well, I mean, slow cooking is, you know, especially if you have a family, even if you're on your own. I'm on my own. When I cook, um, I may get four meals out of it or five meals out of it, depending what it is. You can freeze some if you don't want to eat it three or four days in a row. Um, but that's the beauty of it. It's like, even if you're on your own, make it, freeze it, or then for the next four days, you're going to eat that. And believe me, when it's that yummy, you don't mind eating the same thing for four days. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I agree. Yeah. Uh, I think another thing that people tend to think in what you just mentioned is that it's a winter thing. Mm-hmm. But in my book, I tried to show that it's an all the time thing and you didn't have to limit it to soups or chilies or stews, but you can do, uh, you can slow cook things like um, barbecue jackfruit or a taco filling, or you can make beans throughout the week that you can throw into other dishes that are easy to prepare so you can cook your beans overnight and then um, make a um, a three bean salad with some chopped vegetables or you can 
make a soup stock with the with the bean juice that you just made. Take the beans out uh, and then throw other vegetables in there and make something completely new. Right. So you don't have to think of it as only a winter fall uh, appliance, but you can use it all year long. I would also imagine like making yourself a tomato sauce, you know, the basis of your pasta or other things that, you know, just throwing yeah. all the tomatoes in there along with a few other ingredients and spices and letting it slow cook down into that lovely thick sauce that now you can use in many different ways. Mm-hmm. And that's great for like once you do that work, it's great to freeze individually yes. so you can just keep using it throughout the year. So you only have to do, especially if you're doing big batches, you only have to do it um, maybe a couple times a year. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, having a good freezer and good containers to put in is really important. Um, and, you know, it, it it takes the pressure out of something. And, um, you know, as I said, my daughter made this lasagna, the tomato sauce, fantastic. Um, you know, you could use it in pastas, but you can use it with, you know, aubergine and ratatouille. Um, you know, there's so many ways that you then can use that sauce. So I think, again, it's just being open, isn't it, to things that you can use. I mean, you know, like you gave your, your five um, re- egg replacements. And, and let's just have a quick look at that. Um, you know, people say, but I can't give up the eggs. I love baking. I love muffins. I love this and I love that. Let's just cover those five that are in there and just show how easy it is to replace them. Uh, yes. Well, I believe in that video I started with, or maybe, well, I'll tell you what my favorite is. My favorite is applesauce. Mm-hmm. And applesauce makes things very moist and it's tasteless if you're using especially if you're using um the unsweetened no cinnamon just the plain applesauce that's my go-to and then for everything else there's there are different uses i like banana for certain uh certain things like pancakes or breads but you can definitely taste the banana. So if you like banana and you want to throw in a banana flavor, then that's a good option. Uh, then there's flax meal, which a lot of people love. Uh, people, I think, who come to plant based on a budget, they prefer that as maybe their number one. And I learned about it from someone who was not even a vegetarian. He just preferred that because it was a cheaper option to eggs. It's and, also got great uh, roughage too, hasn't it? Great fiber and flaxseed. Oh, yes, 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 definitely. Uh, and I like that for, um, for muffins and breads. I, the first time I ever used it, I made a cornbread, and it was delicious. Uh, some people use silken tofu. I don't use silken tofu that often, but if you have it, then it's great. And plus, you'll get the protein. And uh, then there are commercial options like um, energy egg replacer that you can purchase from a lot of Asian markets. But at, in, in Santa, where I live, you can buy it at the regular grocery store. I haven't seen that everywhere, but the grocery store that's nearest my house, which is about two blocks, they carry it there, and it's a Rayleigh's. Great. I'm so so that so easy to replace the eggs. Now let's look at oil. Uh, I know that coconut oil is is really really big in vegan food. Um, I myself could only take a small amount of it because I'm allergic to a lot of nuts. And of course, a lot of nuts are used in vegan food. I can only eat three kind. Any other kind will kill me. And so I know a lot of you know almond is used. You know almond butter, almond milk, almond uh, oil. Um, but let's t- can you just give us a few tips on some oils um, that are really healthy to have that are that are also um, very adaptable in um, plant-based cooking? Well, it depends on on your budget because I focus on the cheapest foods possible. If you're on a very, very, very tight budget, well, what plant-based on a budget is known for is I have created these meal plans that show you how to eat for $25 for a week. Wow. Uh, And when you're doing stuff like that, I don't even add oil in a lot of my recipes because I'm assuming that people don't have oil because they can't put it. And that's 
the healthiest thing is to not use oil. But if you are accustomed to using oil, I recently started um, avoiding um, pouring, like pouring the oil into my pan and instead using sprays so that it's very minimal. And if I'm using oil that you pour, that, that comes in a bottle, then I use different things for, I'm sorry, different types for different things I'm cooking. I like coconut oil, but only if, um, if I'm frying because it gets really hot. I also like avocado oil, but I tend to use uh, the normal, regular canola oil the most. Right. And um, I use olive oil if I'm not frying. Right. So if I'm making, if I'm using it in a, um, like a vinaigrette, I'll right. use I like sesame oil. oil, actually. You know, it's good at cooking because oh, it can yeah. take more heat and, it, and it's got a really nice flavor to it as well. Um, which is really good. And yes, I might use a touch of oil in the bottom of the pan initially, but then I just add water and kind of let things kind of, you know, walk steam type thing. Um, so that's, that's, sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, that, that's another thing of like retraining your mind. Mm -hmm. I think we're so used to covering our food in oil and salt and sugar. Uh, and I eat those things, but trying to be, more health conscious and understand that taste is taste is a momentary thing like it it'll be good in that moment but the effects of like the negative effects of eating unhealthy fatty foods are lasting well that the thing is is that there is so much good fat in certain foods and it's the fat oh, that yes, your body needs. You know, and like there's good yes. sugars in your fruits and your vegetables. I mean, you know, some of these diets, oh, no, you can only eat one bite of the carrot because it's got sugar. All of those sugars oh, no. uh, are mixed along with the fiber in your body. It, your body knows how to break it down. It knows how to take the sugar that it needs. The sugar that we need to be wary of is called the white processed sugar, even the brown sugar that's mm -hmm. been dyed. And uh, I don't know if you've seen the sugar movie. An Australian came over to... Uh, it just, oh, it's uh, an Australian who came over to America and for six weeks went on American diet, you know, frappuccinos and cappuccinos and burgers and things, gained 15 pounds and just kind of became quite sick from it and uh, interviewed people who had lost their teeth and, you know, um, just general, you know, the diabetes, the, the obesity and uh, how people are fooled by, you know, fruitress you know, thinking it's not sugar, which is just another name for it. And we really do have to be mindful and we don't have to sacrifice the sweetness because we can get it naturally, can't we? Maple syrups, natural honey, the the sweetness of the vegetables and the fruits themselves. There's so many other ways to get that sugar taste. Exactly. And you can, there, as you mentioned, you can look for the natural ways to um, sweeten things that you love. For example, lately I've been making a lot of banana ice cream. And when your bananas are about to expire because they're so brown, that's a great time to peel them and throw them in the freezer. Mm -hmm. And then when they've been in the freezer for a day or two or however long uh, and they're completely frozen, throw them in your blender and grind them up. You can throw in peanut butter or um, some cocoa powder and it takes just like ice cream it's thick in consistency and very creamy yeah. and fools, fools many people into thinking that it's banana flavored dairy ice cream when mm. in fact it's just bananas and of course if you like you know the chocolate or the chocolate swirl in there that you know there's a lot of very dark chocolate that that is vegan friendly as well isn't there yes i tend to use semi-sweet chocolate the most because it's accessible and affordable and it tastes just the same yeah uh, I, yeah go ahead uh, I really love sharing uh, people think that chocolate dipped strawberries are complicated but really I'll just grab a bag of um, semi-sweet chocolate chips I, I use either the ones from Trader Joe's or Ghirardelli or Guitard, and uh, I put them in the microwave 
it, throw them in the microwave a little bit longer, stir it again, and then dip cold strawberries, put those on uh, parchment paper, and it's just like you purchased them. Yes, and scrumptious. Very minimal work. And mm-hmm. you know, any you can present that for dessert anywhere, any place. I mean, absolutely scrumptious. You know, biting into that chocolate and then getting to that sweet, um, lovely strawberry, absolutely perfect. So again, where's the sacrifice there? There isn't one, is there? Exactly. Yeah. And uh, oftentimes people don't even think, oh, this is vegan. They yeah. think, oh. Yeah, everyone is, loves chocolate. This is just delicious. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's the importance of it is, is that, you know, it's our minds that are going to say, well, if it's vegan, it's not going to taste good. Um, and, you know, we've got mm-hmm. to recondition our minds. You know, I've noticed, you know, in your picture that you've got a pie here. So a lot of people say, I love pastry. Um, but, you know, how do I, how, how do I make pastry? Do you have a good recipe for pastry that replaces the butter or the lard? If you don't have it already, I highly recommend getting Colleen Patrick Goudreau's uh, The Joy of Vegan Baking. It is one of my favorite cookbooks, and it was maybe my first cookbook. I think she just celebrated the 10-year anniversary of that book. But it really has everything you could possibly want in baking. It teaches you how to make a good pie crust. It teaches you how to do something easier, like a crumble. It shows you how to do breads and... Um, it's flawless. I've made about 50 of the recipes and all of them have come out exceptional. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I was in England recently. My sister made this beautiful puff pastry and she had taken um, apples and cooked them down and, and put them into the pastry along with uh, some raisins and uh, and then just cooked it in the oven and you just cut it in slices. Absolutely scrumptious, a great dessert to serve with, you know, your your banana ice cream or um, I'm sure there's a vanilla type ice cream and uh, or even a cream that you can mix up that is uh, that is vegan as well and absolutely scrumptious. And if you need to sweeten the apples, if they're not sweet enough, just add a little maple syrup. So having a vegan pastry that can do that, I mean, again, who would know? Who would know? Right? Mm-hmm. Yep. My parents, they love vegan baked goods and they're omnivores and they just think that they taste the same. And for my birthday recently, my mom made a a carrot cake with a cream cheese frosting and it was all vegan and she fed it to other family members and they couldn't tell. They just thought that she had a regular cake. Mm -hmm. I had an athlete on called Karen Strong, uh, Karen Strong. And um, she does these, you know, triathlons. And she said when she turned vegan, that's when she got stronger and started winning and being able to do a hell of a lot more. And uh, she had a, a family event where she just laid everything out vegan but didn't tell anybody. And her grandfather, who had never eaten a vegetable in his life, ate everything and told her it was absolutely delicious and nearly had a heart attack when she told him <laughs> it was all plant-based. Oh, food. my gosh. <laughs> and that's, that's funny. Thing. If we get out of our heads right and just enjoy the food and say, oh, it's vegan, so therefore I've got to dislike it, and just go, it's yummy food and I'm going to love it, you know, we will stop depriving ourselves of some absolutely wonderful dishes out there. Definitely, but even then, sometimes there are just people who have have it in their head uh, and you could show them, and her her grandpa was was very kind but sometimes people could be then like oh, I knew it I knew it was vegan <laughs> and you're like no you didn't know it was vegan How did you... <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> no you didn't <laughs> yeah you know they've just got to kind of stand by their laurels even though you know, <laughs> you know they, they're not serving you it's not serving you it's time to kind of embrace something new you know, I, I've, always, I've done a few vegan shows and, you know, people say, why do I put it under Eco Solutions? And, you know, because also um, the vegan or plant food diet is much friendlier on our planet than it is a meat-based diet. And the reason for that is it's not about, you know, just the cattle on a lovely farm and being respectfully killed, you know, for your food. We are now looking at mass manufacturing of meat. You know, it is it is a manufacturing process and totally inhumane. But it also takes so much water and our and our resources to produce that meat that is unhealthy. Um, so, you know, the the ethical side of things and the environmental side of things, um, you know, 
is is a huge and whatever is your reason for becoming more plant food based person uh, we do really ha we can't ignore that but when we actually understand the nutritional value the um in, uh, the conscious value and also just how much delicious food is out there you know we we actually kind of it's easier then to embrace and to understand why so many people are taking this path now Yes. Uh, have you seen the documentary called Cowspiracy? Um, no, I don't think I've seen that one. It's really great. It's uh, it's on Netflix, and it's executive produced by Leonardo DiCaprio, and I highly recommend it to anyone listening. It's just about that, which is um, environmentalism and how it directly goes with uh, veganism and they talk about the environmental impacts the, the negative environmental impacts that that animal farming has on on um, on our environment yes I had somebody from I, a, an animal sanctuary um, he rescues um, you know farm animals and uh, and he did um, and we you know we were talking about you know the water and I mean the ethical side of it and he's been a vegan for over 20 years and he said I don't ram it down anyone's throat all it is is about educating and educating that you know all those burgers that you're eating apart from the fact there's no nutritional value on it you know the inhumane of manufacturing but again all the resources and the water that is taking place and you know it's yes it's distasteful and in a lot of ways disgraceful these practices but the more we know about it and not turn a blind eye to it, the more that we can make the change. And people say, I'm only one person, I can't make the change. Yes, you can. When you change your diet and you choose to go a different way and you're not buying them anymore, that's having an effect. And the more people that do it, you know, the bottom thing is when you affect their wallet, the changes are made. Yeah, I was just talking to someone about this in a, in a different context, but... I was talking about how I attended the Women's March here in California, and uh, the state controller was present, and she gave a talk, and she said, as as a woman, you have 70, you control 70% of consumer spending, 70%, and when you unite and you boycott companies who don't have your interests in their interests, then like when you take your support away from their companies, they suffer and they're forced either out or to have your best interests as their interests. And that was really powerful to me. And it reminded me a lot of, of my place in veganism. I've been a vegan now for nearly 10 years and I do it because I care about animals. And like the past guest on, on your show, I have had a lot of experience in animal sanctuary work my first my first uh, my first real job was working for a farmed animal sanctuary and I went on to different types of farms and there was not a farm I liked it I went to family farms I went to uh, factory farms I went to free range farms and all of them had suffering animals and uh, especially at the factory farms, you can see how negatively the environment is impacted. There is just manure everywhere and stench as soon as you arrive onto the facility is in your face. It's, you just know it's not good in any way. One of the things I don't think people realize is the vibration that's in food. And when you're eating fruits and vegetables, you're eating a good vibration, something that's very much alive, measured scientifically as a higher vibrational food. When you're eating meat that's suffering, you are eating that suffering. And people don't realize why there's so much more depression, post-traumatic stress, more anxiety and everything else, more anger, uh, more abuse in the world. And very much we can look to what we consume because it changes our molecular structure in our bodies, um, changes our mood. So, you know, it also goes down to the color of our foods and look at vegetables and how beautiful and abundant they are with color. And every single one of those colors has its own frequency 
and has its own reason done a show on that as well which was brilliant in understanding all the different um it kind of matches the chakra colors and what it feeds with so if you have a variety of color of foods in your diet you know you're feeding all of those chakras all of that energy i think what we really need to do as a human race is stop expanding our horizon of our understanding um, and stop being kind of not just such meat and potato thinking and start understanding not just the nutrition or the consciousness but the the understanding of um, our health is in our hands and we're on epidemics of ill health right now which we shouldn't be in this modern age but we are and it is coming from a lot of it is from the you know from our, our diet and the way that we choose to eat and we immediately go off to a doctor who then gives us a drug and uh, you know with the sugar movie i mean they talk about diabetes and it's great for business it's great for the pharmaceutical business do we want to keep making their wallets fat or do we want to take back our own lives and eat a healthy balanced life and bring our own health back into the forefront so there's a lot of responsibility placed on upon us for our, our own consciousness, our own health, and our own understanding of what we consume and how we consume it, isn't there? Yes. Uh, first, I'll talk about how I didn't realize, I never made the connection that um, you you are what you eat, but in the way that you're saying, when you eat suffering, that affects your body mm-hmm. and it affects your energy. I took a, a yoga class and I had been really, I don't know, like the word vegan, that's how I felt about yoga. I thought a certain type of person does yoga and that type of person doesn't look like me. <laughs> and I was I was very opposed to yoga because I didn't feel I identified with that culture. But when I started taking yoga, I realized that I loved it. It made me feel good. And one of the things I started taking at a a local community college, and I think that affected the culture of the class because there were students who were interested in learning more about yoga academically and also physically. And part of uh, the lecturing the very first day was about how we need to put good things in our bodies because it's extremely important for our overall well overall well-being and she then talked a little bit about um, how a lot of yogis don't eat anything that uh, was forced to suffer so I thought that was really profound and I'm happy that you brought it up because mm-hmm. it's so true and, and especially also, when you know yeah when you know that's happening when yeah. you know that's happening and you continue to do it then I think it's it's far more powerful. There are a lot of people who are just unaware and we need to do a better job as a community and as a, like our governments need a better job. I know that's never going to happen, but, uh, of educating <laughs> no, We need to people. govern the government. You know, just, <laughs> exactly. just as you talked about, you know, changing it at the grocery store, we need to show the government the way. And that comes from us coming together um, and showing them by not only our consumption, by taking ownership of our own health, by stepping up and being consciously aware of the cruelty that's going on. And if we want to change the system, we've got to be the ones to step up and change it. It's not going to happen from government down. It's going to happen from community up. Yes. And I, this is something that I'm more uh, becoming more interested in. Uh, my partner is a lobbyist for farm animals. And I and stating him have become more interested in learning about how how you can get involved and how your voice can be heard on behalf of animals. I have done my activism at the grassroots level my entire time. I've done I've helped animals directly and through advocacy, uh, canvassing colleges, and um, being an online presence. But the more I learn about how much can be changed through being an advocate for animals in politics, I become more interested because I feel like together, if enough people take that route, we we can become incredibly effective. Precisely. You know, everybody's waiting for someone else to do something. Well, the planet and all that lives on it is waiting for you to do something. 
Everybody's looking to chase happiness elsewhere. Well, it lies within you. And a great deal of the happiness and that meaningful purpose and that joy that you're looking for and you're busy chasing elsewhere actually is all within you ready to be embraced. And a part of that is that healthy diet because it changes your chemistry in your body. It changes how you feel about yourself. Your consciousness becomes more aware on what you're eating and why you're eating it. Um, it just tunes you in to everything in life and then you become a, that participant in life that is part of the solution and not part of the problem. Most people don't realize they are actually part of the problem. And, you know, we have to take the ownership of it, don't we? Exactly. And as you mentioned, they, I mean, you feel so much better giving back and living in service. I know that there was one year, it was Christmas, and I was having a really tough year, and I was at home by myself having a big pity party, um, this and that and this. Uh, But then I saw a friend post on Facebook that she was, uh, handing out these bags of toiletries at a local park where many people without homes uh, were on Christmas. And I thought, gosh, what a wonderful way to spend your Christmas. So I drove down there and it was raining and people were giving away uh, fruit and basic toiletries to people who had nothing. And it really put things into perspective yeah. and it made me want to be be better and be thankful for anything that I have because there there are so many suffering and animals especially they are tortured every day but it like I think putting things in, into perspective understanding that you can be so helpful to people who have nothing or animals who suffer and changing your mindset is powerful and brings you a lot of happiness I think I think one of the sexiest thing is watching something on YouTube or Facebook of somebody that's gone out of their way to rescue an animal yeah, yeah. yeah. right you know it yeah, is it exactly. is so uplifting and you know when people talk about a real man that's a real man <laughs> that's a real man <laughs> somebody on the highway that stops the traffic to pick up a kitten that everybody else is driving mm-hmm. you know over you know people that go into the freezing waters to rescue an animal that's fallen in um, and, you know, the, and what amazes me is there's so many of these uh, videos that you see of animal rescue in, in uh, India, where we consider that they don't con- consider animals very much. And it's an eye opener. And it's when we see people being outraged of what's going on and stepping up and doing something about it, even if it's just a signature, you know, even if it's just you know, um, a petition going out there against it, they work. They really work. But it's also paying attention to the animals in your neighborhood. Is the one dog that's barking all the time. It's not doing it because it wants to piss you off. It's doing it because it's in distress. Find out why. And I think one of the things we've got to do is take our blinkers off and, you know, open up our sphere more and to be more understanding of what's going on in the world and the suffering that's going on. And that doesn't mean you have to go and get depressed. It means what little part, what tiny little thing can you do to make a change? As you said, just giving something out to people. The greatest gift you received that Christmas wasn't the gifts that you gave out, was the gift that you received in giving out. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I think that oftentimes when people are considering becoming activists uh, in, in any way, but specifically for animals, they think of it as an overwhelming thing where they don't have time, they have a family, they have... Um, a busy schedule with work and they can't volunteer their time and they don't have the resources to donate. But you can do, as you mentioned, such like uh, simple things that have a great impact. And I was listening to a talk one time and they were talking about how being effective is using every tool in the toolbox. And so that is collectively putting together all of the things that we do in activism and making a change. So if what you can do is write a letter to your congressman saying that this is important to me, uh, uh, that animal rights are important to me, then that is impactful. And when you put all of those letters together, they know that we mean business. And maybe you have to write a letter a week. You know, you know, one thing we do know is like, oh, God, it's her again. I guess we've got to address it. 
right? You know, is if they hope yes. you're going to go away, but if you're not going to go away, is is pick something you're going to stand for, and you know, be mm-hmm. diligent with it, right? You know, uh, it you know, as I say, every drop in the ocean counts. Every grain of sand is us on that beach. Um, each one of us need to find something that, you know, we're willing to stand up for. And uh, you don't have to take on the world. Um, it's like you don't have to become vegan overnight. It's like one dish at a time. Start introdu- introducing different um, different foods as your sides. Or replace a lunch with something different. Uh, or decide to go a couple of meals a week that are, you know, going to be vegan or vegetarian. The thing is, is when you decide that you're going to take action, we're not asking you to go and charge into, you know, onto the the war field. We're asking you, by stepping into that accountability, you don't realize how much impact you're actually having on the system. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I recommend, even when I look back on myself, I started a blog about food because I wanted my family to eat better. And I feel like that was maybe my greatest accomplishment because I've been able to help so many people. And when I started it, I didn't do it full time and I just did it whenever I I remembered, whenever I made a recipe at home for myself, I would remember to snap a picture of it and throw it up there. And I didn't have fancy equipment and I didn't have um, a fancy website, but it over time has made a big difference in the lives of many. Exactly. You've got this plant-based meal plan. You see, again, I don't know how to do it. Well, here is a meal plan. She's going to show you how to do it. (laughs) She's got YouTubes on how to do it and what ingredients to use. Uh, No excuse. If it's one dish or two dishes, she's laid it out for you. The invitation is there, right? All you've got to do is step up to the plate. Yeah. So doing it has helped me. Hmm? No, what you were saying? I'm sorry. Oh, I was going to say, uh, doing doing the meal planning has helped me realize that it is it is challenging to live on such small a small food budget, and um, I understand why some people think that it's cheaper and more convenient to go to fast food restaurants, but if you really, really think about how much you're spending at food, uh, fast food restaurants specifically, you quickly realize that it's the far better option to cook at home. Because if you're spending maybe $3 on a meal at, um, we'll say Taco Bell, $3, and then you say three times a day, three, six, nine dollars uh, that adds up so quickly over time when you can make a full meal that'll last you say my average was maybe five dollars in my slow cooker cookbook for for throwing everything in the pot that was with like uh beans uh, dried beans some produce and um maybe barley five bucks several meals yes Exactly. It's it's totally doable. And whether it's the budget or whether it's just the introduction to it, it's also, you know, oh, I can never give this up. No, you know, I love cheese. And then you know, my son went and made this vegan poutine, um, one for, you know, the regulars and one for, you know, the vegan. The vegan tasted better. The vegan cheese was better. And it's like, okay, all right, so maybe it isn't such a sacrifice to give up, right? Um the point is, is when we're open to it and we actually do explore, we actually discover, you know, what else what else we can have. Instead of reaching for kind of chocolate or, or a cake or something in the afternoon, I reach for some cashew nuts and apricot seeds um, or some sesame seeds, which I throw in my salad um, along with, you know, the avocado and, and other things in there. Avocado is, is, is a dream food, isn't it? Because there's so many things you can do with it, and it's so good for you. It's when you start changing things over, you'll find cravings for other things aren't there anymore. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, I feel like I eat so much healthier uh, because I've introduced new things into my diet, which I now crave. 
Mm-hmm. Does, does that make any sense? Yes. So I'm no longer craving the the bad foods. I'm craving the good foods because I've introduced them into my diet and 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 liked them even more than what I used to know. Well, the case in point, the sugar movie. You know, when this young man, after six weeks, he gained 15 pounds, um, you know, uh, so many health problems started coming up. It took him a couple of months to get his body back, and he went into complete Uh. sugar withdrawal. Well, you've got to understand, if you have consumed a lot of sugar or a lot of, you know, other things that that have made you addicted to that, it's a process that you're going to go through. But, you know, grabbing an apricot seed or grabbing a few nuts is so much more filling. I'm getting, you know, the sweetness from the apricot or, you know, the dried apple or fruit you know, itself because we're in the season of lovely fresh fruit and berries. Um, my morning is cashew milk along with banana and berries blended as a shake. Um, and it's absolutely mm. totally yummy and delicious. Uh, and it, 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 you know, fulfills me for quite a few hours. And then at lunchtime, I have a salad with avocado and some seeds in there. And... Um, and, you know, and that is absolutely delicious in itself. We've just got to explore the options. And, you know, as you eat healthier, consciously eat more mindfully, you really start feeling better, not only physically, but morally and emotionally too, don't you? Yes. And I also wanted to touch on something else that you said a little bit earlier where uh, a lot of people have this, well, I can't give up this, so I can't be vegan. Uh, I think vegan, vegan is, veganism is all about progress and not perfection because none of us are perfect. So if you say can't give up cheese, give up everything else. Yeah. And when you can give up cheese, give up cheese. And when you find an alternative that you think is great, replace it. Right. But it doesn't have to be all or nothing. It doesn't have to be... I'm eating a whole foods plant-based diet or I'm eating at McDonald's and I'm eating all this stuff. It can be I'm choosing vegetarian options when available. It can be, um, as you mentioned earlier, three nights a week I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat plant-based mm-hmm. because I want to I wanna strive toward a healthier lifestyle. Right. It's healthier for your body. It's healthier for the environment. It's healthier for your psyche. In your emotion, it's also much healthier in your wallet. Yes, and it's healthier for your family. There are yeah. a lot of people who are cooking for more than themselves, and the person who cooks the food is is so powerful in the household. So I mean, they're cooking garbage foods. Their whole family is eating garbage right. food. And, and it's not you want to feed garbage. It's that's all you know. So if you're willing to open up the book, so to speak, and explore and try something different the more you try the more you realize how much is out there and and how easy it is to change don't tell your ve- your parents your family that you're cooking them vegan throw away the word don't even say, <laughs> say plants food give them you know that that shepherd's pie or that lasagna that's completely you know made out of that and uh, and you know they will actually prefer it uh, i actually yeah. preferred the lasagna i preferred the shepherd's pie it had more flavor in it and it still have the texture, mm-hmm. you know, with a lot of mushroom that is great for replacing meat. Aubergine has a lovely texture as well. There's a lot of ways that you can still get that texture that you want. But with the with the vegetables in there and those that symphony of flavors dancing together, I think it elevates the dishes. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So tell us a little bit about the plants, uh, the plant based meal plan, and um, what that's about. Uh so. In 2013, I asked my followers if they would be interested in trying um, a plant-based on a budget challenge. I would create a meal plan that's detailed, and I would do all of the work for developing a grocery shopping list uh, and step-by-step instructions for how to eat for the entire week based on a $25 budget. And 2,500 people signed up and said that they'd do it with me. Wow. Which was amazing. <laughs> yes. And so I did it. I did it then. And I, it has become incredibly popular. Uh, hundreds of thousands of people have, have done it. And it was so much work for me that I didn't come back to it for years. 
because it was, as I mentioned, it, it made me realize how challenging it is to eat a very healthy food. I'm, I'm sorry, a very healthy diet with such a small amount of money. It does require a lot of thought and effort. And, uh, but I did come back and do it again. And I started again this year in February where I now developed with my friend Michelle Kane, who runs the website World of Vegan. Uh, I showed the same thing, but this one was more detailed. It offered more suggestions. So if you don't have this, you can replace it with this. Or if you have um, these spices, these spices would complement this meal. And I wanted to encourage people to use what they had on hand and not have to go to the store because I think people become comfortable just reading a recipe and not playing with their food. Mm -hmm. So I'm encouraging people to use what they have, stop going out and buying and play with it. And uh, I put those out in February and then we're getting, we're getting ready to release a second one. And those have also been successful. Excellent. And that is um, www.plantbasedmealplan, uh, is that .com? Yes. Excellent. Yeah. Um, so if you, you know, you're looking for that introduction, you know, how can you produce some great food again without your family knowing you're changing things over and just, you know, you're doing it economically. And of course, if you do have the money in the budget, it's not the problem, then you, obviously you can go, you know, a little bit more um uh, flamboyant and use different things to it, right? Yep, and I and I mentioned things like if you have if you have more money to spend, I recommend adding these things to the meal plan. Right, exactly. Um, so you know it's it's easy to adapt to, and uh, you know when your family's been eating it for a while and they start asking you to make it. Well, along the line, you know, do you realize that this dish, this dish, this dish, this dish, this dish, this dish, that ice cream was all plant food? And, uh, you know, then it, mm-hmm. becomes, then it becomes, what? Um, you know, and uh, if they say, well, I don't like it now, bull. <laughs> you liked it then, you like it now. <laughs> yep. Uh, and that's the whole point of it is, isn't it? Is just be willing to kind of try the different dishes. And whether you become completely whole plant food diet person, vegan person, even if you replace it three or four meals a, a week, you're already changing um a huge shift, not only in your own lives, but, you know, planetary with the animals and, and the consciousness and we're and making your own statements. So it's very important to do. Now, I also know that you have a patron.com pl- uh, slash plant-based, um, um, sorry, plant-based. On uh, a budget. On a budget. Okay. Um, so people could also su- support you that way as well, because obviously, you know, what you do is your time and money as well. So people can go and, um, and donate and support you there. Yes, thank you. Uh, it is incredibly helpful. I recently started doing this work full time and rely solely on the generosity of others to do this work. Exactly, and you know, it's we always need those people that are, you know, leading the way. And when people say, "Well, I don't know how," well, she's giving you the base meal plan. <laughs> she's showing you the video. She's telling you which products can replace what. Um, her time, effort, love, passion is there and we need to support that because it's something that's going to change your life and uh, at the same time, um, you know, we we need to show that respect um, for the time and effort that she's putting into it. Uh, what is your main site, love? Uh, plantbasedonabudget.com Excellent. And there you can find recipes, you can find links to my videos, you can find uh, ways to contact me. So if anyone has any questions, I'm always happy to answer any question about vegetarianism or veganism uh, you can think of. Excellent. And of course, on Facebook, you're Tony um, Akamoto, which uh, let's spell it mm-hmm. for people just in case they can't spell it. Uh, first name, T-O-N-I, last name, O-K-A-M-O-T-O. And you're also on Twitter at Tony Akamoto as well. Um you know, yeah. I love what you're doing. I came across what you were doing on Twitter, and I thought this was so cool. And um, I'm a great advocate for this, not only because it's um, a humanitarian thing, it's a health thing, it's a, an environmental thing, and it's a budget thing. You know, when you've got four of those things there, it's a conscious thing, five. I mean, you know, come on, it ticks all the boxes. Mm-hmm. Um, so you also got another book coming out uh, with your friend, with your colleague? 
so I once put, I already put out something with Michelle Kane, and that was called the Friendly Vegan Cookbook, and we created that to let people know that we're friendly, and you don't even have to be vegan, but if you want to eat vegan food, join our movement. Uh, and then the book that's coming out is the Friendly Vegan Cookbook, and that, I'm sorry, sorry, uh, the, the Slow Cooker Cookbook, the Super Easy Vegan Slow Cookbook, which comes out on May 30th of this month. Excellent. And how do people get the book, love? Well, books? Uh, you can... You can find uh, both of them are listed on my website. And if you wanted to get them directly, uh, the Slow Cooker Cookbook is on pre-order right now at Amazon. Excellent. You know, again, you're giving people the step-by-steps on how to do it. And the more they do it, the more adventurous they get and the more healthier they get, the, you know, the, the healthier the wallet is, the family is, you know, everything. I mean, it's... There is no losing here. Everything is, you know, win, 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 win. So um, a great gift to give to people as well as a gift to yourself and your family and just start trying out because you just don't know where it's going to go until you're willing to try. And, uh, you know, I eat, um, I don't eat meat at home. I do eat fish now and again. I would say I'm five or six days a week purely salad or plant food uh, based uh, diet because I love them. And... Um, you know, I know I'll be there one day. I don't want to give up my fish yet. But it's, it's, uh, it's, you know, I'm on the way there. But the whole point is, um, I've already switched over to a lot of things. Um, and it's, the more you eat the vegetables, the more you realize what a beautiful symphony they, they can create. Um, you know, the nutritional value that you're getting, the, uh, the conscious value that you're doing, the, um, the chakra foods with all the color that is there and everything has a meaning is just how much better it's going to make your life and that of your family. Uh, Tony, give your site again one more time. Plantbasedonabudget.com Excellent. And uh, don't forget the plants-based uh, meal plan and can guide you step by step. She's made it easy. What's the excuse? Give it a try. Even if you, you know, still love your beef, uh, you know, this could be an excellent side dish to go along with your beef. Um, and then maybe you decide one or two days a week that you're going to, you know, just go this way um, and um, and just live on this. And so many different lovely yummy re- recipes. Oh, your YouTube. Please give that love. Uh, you can find me at Tony Okamoto. Excellent. And the YouTube actually telling people how to replace things. You're showing recipes and, and that's all there as well. So, you know, again, she's made it easy. Give her a try. Try it out and see. And you'll be absolutely blown away how easy it is, how yummy it is, and uh, and how surprising how everybody will love it. So thank you so much for being with us here today, Tony. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I look forward to having you back again, uh, you know, with, with uh, on a round table perhaps where we can take this conversation further. So thank you for what you're doing, your dedication towards it. And um and making it so easy uh, for people to follow because um, we want to kiss the excuses goodbye, as my friend Christina would say, and just be willing to give things a try, right? Yes. Excellent. So, folks, it's up to you. But, you know, you really don't know what you're missing out on until you try some of these recipes and then you realize just how easy it is to adapt and adopt to. So until next time, folks, bye for now. <laughs>